Welcome to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast, brought to you by Word of Flame Curriculum and the Pentecostal Publishing House. This podcast encourages adult disciples to think deeply about God's Word, further develop their personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and make a greater commitment to the purpose and plan of God for their lives. Let's dive into today's lesson and explore what it means to live out God's Word in our lives. Well, hello everyone and welcome to God's Word for Life. I'm your host, Jonathan McClintock. This is episode number 30 and this is a lesson companion podcast. So for those of you who are Word of Flame curriculum customers, we invite you to grab your Living Word lesson manual or student workbook, Fall 2020, and turn to lesson number 11 intended for November 15th, 2020, the lesson entitled In the Face of Opposition. For those of you who are not Word of Flame curriculum customers, we invite you to grab your Bible, sit back, and let's dive into God's Word together. Right, well, before we look into God's Word together, if you want to go ahead and turn there to the book of Nehemiah chapter 4 and uh, hold your spot there, and we will come back to that in just a moment. Uh, most of us came uh, and go to church w- without worrying about being followed by the police. Most of us, we enjoy freedom. You live in North America, you enjoy the freedom of going to going to church and worshiping the Lord without uh, without the fear of being followed by the police or um, but we don't give it a second thought. We worship God in our sanctuary with our music and our expressive worship, and we even tell our community when and where we worship so they'll come and worship with us. It's it's not the case, though, for much of the world outside of North America and most parts of Europe. Uh, other parts of the world, it's, it's, it's a much different place. While we may face ridicule for how we dress or feel out of place since we don't know the latest movie lines or song lyrics, and we do feel the, se- the searing sting of persecution in America. We don't really feel that in America. But for over 10% of the world, persecution is a way of life. According to Open Doors, one, of, one of out of every nine Christians in the world faces high levels of persecution. You can find that at opendoorsusa.org. They worship many of them in a whisper. Many of them require passwords to enter their services. They watch day and night, constantly vigilant for the authorities that they just might storm their services and arrest or martyr their members, yet they continue, and so does the gospel. Persecution, in fact, was the wind that blew the seeds of revival all over the world in the New Testament, and that same wind continues to blow the same seeds in the 21st century church all over the world. And although our enemy opposes God's work in the world, we have a promise that he cannot stop it. We're going to look at this lesson entitled, In the Face of Opposition. The focus thought is God will help us finish his work no matter the opposition. All right, let's look at our text today, Nehemiah chapter 4. We're going to read verses 1 through 9 and then skip down to verses 17 through 18. This is what Nehemiah wrote, Nehemiah chapter 4, beginning at verse 1. But it came to pass that when Sanballat heard that we builded the wall, he was wroth and took great indignation and mocked the Jews. And he spake before his brethren in the army of Samaria and said, What do these feeble Jews? Will they fortify themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they make an end in a day? Will they revive the stones out of the heaps of the rubbish which are burned? Now Tobiah the Ammonite was by him, and he said, Even that which they build, 
If a fox go up, he shall break down their stone wall. And Nehemiah said, Hear, O our God, for we are despised, and turn their reproach upon their own head, and give them for a prey in the land of captivity, and cover not their iniquity, and let not their sin be blotted out from before thee, for they have provoked thee to anger before the builders. So built we the wall, and all the wall was joined together into the half thereof, for the people had a mind to work. But it came to pass that when Sanballat and Tobiah and the Arabians and the Ammonites and the Ashdodites heard that the walls of Jerusalem were made up and that the breaches began to be stopped, then they were very wroth and conspired all of them together to come and to fight against Jerusalem and to hinder it. Nevertheless, Nehemiah says, we made our prayer unto God and set a watch against them day and night because of them. And verse 17 says, They which builded on the wall, and they that bear burdens with those that laded, every one with one of his hands wrought in the work, and with the other hand held a weapon. For the builders, every one had his sword girded by his side, and so builded. And he that sounded the trumpet was by me. Our focus verse is verse number 9. We read that again. Nevertheless, we made our prayer unto God, and set a watch against them day and night because of them. Again, our focus thought God will help us finish his work no matter the opposition. Again, these last couple weeks we've looked at Nehemiah and Ezra, the rebuilding of the walls of Jerusalem, the rebuilding of the temple. And, and here we have Nehemiah again. He's in the process of rebuilding the walls. He's, he's doing what the king, king Artaxerxes gave him the, the power and authority to do and, and funded the entire project. And Nehemiah is now, they're, they're building, they're working, but they're beginning to face opposition because as he found out and the early church found out and some of us are finding out when you try to build the kingdom of God, not everybody's going to be silent on it. There will be opposition because the enemy of our souls does not want the kingdom of God advanced. And so Sanballat hears that they're building the wall, these first three verses of Nehemiah 4, and he became angry and he began to mock the Jews. On down to verse 3, Tobiah the Ammonite started mocking them. If a fox goes up, he can break, a fox could break down that stone wall. They were mocking the people of God. And as you can see here, they were wroth. They were angry and began to mock. Anger leads to mocking. Let me ask you, how is anger connected to mocking? How is it connected? Have you ever been mocked? Have you ever been made fun of? Do you realize that oftentimes behind that mocking, behind that uh, making fun of is often anger? It's often the person mocking or making fun of someone. That person is, is often they're angry about something, they're upset about something, their pride may be hurt, their, their, their control, they may feel like they're losing control. And so instead they mock. Anger leads very often to mocking. And so we see this situation where they are, the Jews are being mocked by Sanballat to buy all these, all these people that, that are against them completing the wall and building back their city and making once again a name for the Lord, the true God. 
And so after they, they, they're going through all this the mocking, the anger that's being spewed at them by these, um, an, these antagonists. And then here, verse 4, uh, Nehemiah starts praying. He says, Hear, O God, for despised. And he starts, he starts actually praying cursings upon these people who are, are actively um, coming against them. And then he says, after praying, we just built the wall. We joined together. And the people had a mind to work. But then again, Sambalat, Tobiah, the Arabians, the Ammonites, the Ashdodites, they all came there very wroth. They wanted to fight against Jerusalem and hinder it, but we set a watch against them. Here we have prayer against their enemies. We see that they made up their minds and they set a watch as they faced this opposition. They, they prepared themselves. They prepared themselves to, to face the opposition, and to do God's work even in the midst of the opposition. Let me ask you to consider something today. What opposition to your faith do you find yourself often facing? Is there opposition to your faith that you find yourself often facing? Now, again, if you live in North America, if you live in most parts of Europe and most, most parts of the advanced world, uh, that doesn't mean all of it, but most, probably most of you listening to me today, you live in an area where you don't face persecution. Oh, you face misunderstanding. You're looked down maybe because of the way you dress, because of things you might not do, because of the actions that you take, because of the convictions of your heart. Maybe you, maybe you, there's some things you don't do, and maybe you get, people look down at you and you're misunderstood. And that's, I guess that's a form of it, but most of the this 10% of the world that we talked about in our opening that faces intense persecution we're talking about they face they face not only mocking and misunderstanding but they face martyrdom they face death they face arrest but still i don't want to i don't want to diminish what your experience is because some listening to me today you you face opposition for your faith is there some opposition that you find yourself often facing Maybe it's a coworker. Maybe it's a boss that mistreats you because of the lifestyle that you live. Maybe it's a fam- very often it's probably a family member, somebody that's really close to you. It seems the people that are closest to us that that should and seem to love us the most are sometimes our worst critics and sometimes our, our worst uh, the worst persecution we face. But no matter where it is, where that area, I want you to know that God is with you and that God sees you in the midst of that. And here we have uh, laid out before us the rest of this story, really a good way to respond, not the easy way, but one of the better ways to respond in persecution. What happens? Verses 17 and 18. They which builded the wall and they that bear burdens with those that laid it, every one with his hands, with one of his hands he worked, and with the other hand he held a weapon. So for the builders, that everyone had a sword by their side and builded. So at the same time, they've got a they're 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 building with one hand, and they've got a weapon in the other. They are doing God's work in in one aspect, but they are prepared to fight the enemy in the other aspect. How can we apply this idea of building while ready to fight to our lives? Here's the most important thing: we need to be ready. We need to be ready, known. We need to be vigilant. We need to be sober and vigilant, as the Scripture tells us, because our adversary, the devil, roars, goes about roaring as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. 
We have to work in the work God's called us to and build the kingdom and do what we can, but at the same time, be ready to fight, knowing the enemy is not going to take it lying down. He wants to destroy the work of God in our lives. He wants to stop the kingdom of God from advancing. So we have to put on the armor of God. We've got to put on that helmet of salvation, that breastplate of righteousness. We've got to take the sword of the Spirit and, and, the, and, and, and the shield of faith. We've got to take these and the others that are mentioned. We've got to take these weapons, and we've got to live our life and work for the kingdom. We've also got to be ready for when the enemy comes our way. We've got to be ready to battle and to fight for our salvation, fight for our faith, fight for those less fortunate than us. We've got to be able to not only build and work in the kingdom, but also ready to fight at the exact same time. God will help us finish his work no matter the opposition if we will put our faith and trust and hope in him and we will be on one hand doing his work and on the other hand preparing ourselves for the battle that we're going to face. Here's a couple things we need to focus on to apply this word to our lives this week. I encourage you this week. Number one, pray for those who oppose you, oppress you, uh, come against you, persecute you. Pray for those situations. Now, I, I, I know there, there, there might be times where we pray like Nehemiah. God, they've been, they've been horrible to me. They've mistreated me. And I pray that you would just wipe them off the face of the earth. We want to pray like that sometimes. But in this, in this day and age, and under the, the auspice, the, 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 the day of grace that we live in, the day of mercy that we live in, we've been extended mercy. And so we are told to pray, Jesus tells us to pray for our enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Pray for those who despitefully use you. Matthew tells us, Matthew 5, it tells us that around verse 11 or 12, 13, somewhere around there, pray for those. If you're, if you're persecuted, pray for your enemies. Pray for those who are despitefully using you. So I wouldn't suggest you pray like Nehemiah does. I would suggest you pray like Jesus tells you to pray. Pray for those who oppose you. Pray for those who persecute you. Pray for those who mock you, make fun of you. Pray that God would have mercy on them. Pray for God, that God would open their eyes, that you, your life would be a light to them. Pray for God to save those who oppose you. And then secondly, I want you to prepare yourself through study this week to better defend your faith. We need to study, show ourselves approved unto God. 1 Peter 3.15 tells us we need to be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks us a reason of the hope that's in us with meekness and fear. We need to sharpen our swords. We need to sharpen our weapons. We need to be ready to fight. We don't fight against flesh and blood. So you're not fighting against that boss. You're not fighting against that family member. You're fighting against the spirits that come and are influencing them. So we fight that in the spirit, in the Holy Ghost. We battle it. We got to learn to fight that. We got to learn the, 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 the word of God that we can fight these battles. Because when the enemy comes against us, God will help us finish the work, no matter what opposition. But we have to... We have to know, we have to put our hope and faith in Jesus Christ, and we've got to not only do the work he's called us to do on one hand, but with the other hand, we have to be ready to fight in the face of opposition. Lord Jesus, we're so grateful and thankful for your word. We're thankful for the armor that you've given us, the sword of the spirit, the shield of faith, the, the helmet of salvation. We're thankful for all these, this armor that you've given us, prayer, 
and, and our, our faith, our, our faith in you. We know, God, that we put our faith and trust in you. No matter what opposition comes our way, we know that you will help us to complete your work and do the work that you've called us to do. I pray right now for all those who oppose Christianity, all those who oppose you and your word and your work. We pray against the spirit that's behind it. We pray that you'd save the people and save those who are being used by the enemy to thwart and try to come against and oppose truth in this world. We pray against that. We pray for the salvation of their souls and help us, God, to carry the light of the gospel everywhere we go. God, make those who are listening today, make them victorious, guide them and direct them. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you for listening to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast, where together we explore what it means to live out God's Word in our lives. If you haven't yet, make sure to subscribe to this podcast. And if you are looking for other Bible study tools and resources to encourage you in your walk with God, visit us today at PentecostalPublishing.com.